The opinions expressed on this podcast are not necessarily those of the Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District or its employees. For more information about the Sewer District and its projects and programs, visit neorsd.org. East Ohio Regional Sewer District presents Clean Water Works, a podcast that explores water, sewer, and stormwater issues that affect you and your community. Learn about the people, projects, and programs that are protecting your health and the environment here in Cleveland and throughout Northeast Ohio. So the coffee cup is about 11 ounces, and if it is full all the way, a little bit heaping, um, that is enough salt to salt a... uh, 10 sidewalk squares. 10 sidewalk squares, which is about 250 square feet. Yeah. That's all you need for 10 squares. Yeah, which when you look at it, it's definitely not what you would think. Because what do we see nowadays? We see just over-salting all over the place. Piles and piles of it. People think more is better, but it's not. We're accustomed to seeing salt and looking at it like um, as something that we should be getting traction on. And mm. salt should never be used for traction. Salt should be used to melt snow and ice. Yeah. It doesn't have to cover every square inch. It does right. the job if it's just kind of dispersed. Yeah. So and the that, recommended thing on here is three three inches per granule apart. Yeah. You know, no, don't do yeah. that. Just do the best you can. So, but really, this is a great measurement, and we use this as a uh, use the right salt pledge, and we'll go over what salt stands for in our pledge. Um, and they get a mug, and they can use this as like a point of decision reminder to put in their salt bucket. So when they're salty and they, oh, yeah, that's right. I don't need all that stuff. This is enough for 10 sidewalk squares. Speaking of numbers, we're going to play a game, which we've never done before. Right. Should we do um, introductions first? Oh, sure. You think, and then we'll do yeah, okay. the game. We have today Amy Ross Kelly. Close enough. Yep. Uh, Cuyahoga Soil and Water Conservation District. Yes. And Natalie Gertz-Young mm-hmm. of Lake County. Soil and Water Conservation District. Oh, okay. So you're you're in two different soil and water mm-hmm. conservation districts. What does a soil and water conservation district do? So there is a soil and water conservation district in every county of the United States, or there should be. They were created out of the Dust Bowl of the 1930s, and it was originally the Soil Conservation Service, and then obviously soil and water go hand in hand. So that was uh, on a federal level, and then a lot of times we know on the federal level it's hard to get stuff done. So they created these... Um, we're not a county agency. We're actually a, a government agency, a subdivision of the state under the o- Ohio Department of Agriculture. Um, but so there's one in every county, or there should be, um, to get uh, stuff done on that level for the, the people, the residents of each county. We're the boots on the ground. We're the yeah. ones that are making sure and actually educating and talking to the people. Yeah. Because um, when this started, you know, there wasn't always like a great pro-government, you know, yeah. uh, sentiment. Um, and actually, soil and water conservation districts had to be voted on by the members they of did. their county or the region, whether they were going to exist. Oh. So all 88 soil and water conservation districts in Ohio were voted on by the citizens of that county to yeah. exist. Wow. So we're pretty unique in that mm-hmm. we have 88 counties and 88 distinct districts. Go, and each Ohio. one has a little yeah. bit of a different focus, but our main thing is to preserve soil and water resources, educate people on, you know, how they can be part of that. Um, in, in Cuyahoga County, we have a very urban focus because we have a lot of uh, paved surface, a lot of you know impervious surface and everything. It's really a very powerful form of government that a lot of people don't know about because 
we're small, we kind of fly under the radar, which is nice that we can get a lot of stuff done. How does your work differ from what you thought it was going to be? I originally thought I was going to be going to schools and doing school programs, that kind of thing. And then someone said, hey, here's your pipe program files. And I was like, well, what's a pipe program? So that's actually public involvement in public education. And we roll out an education program on stormwater, stormwater pollution, and how people can be a part of the solution to stormwater pollution. So it's all those non-point source pollutants like salt. Mm -hmm. Pet waste is a big one. Oil and gas. You know, what is that big rainbow in the parking lot on a rainy day? Uh, well, that's oil and gas from a car that's been leaking. So which is going to go, it's going to rain or it's going to snow, it's going to melt. It's going to go right into our storm drain, out to our waterways, completely untreated. Yard waste mm-hmm. is another pretty big Fertilizers, one. Mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, yeah. down to litter, sediment. So you have recommendations on how to uh, handle all those different oh, yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Lawn clippings. What do you do with lawn clippings? Don't bag them up and throw them out. You are throwing away organic matter. Mm-hmm. Just mulch it up and use a mulching mower and mulch it up and leave yeah, it on your our lawn. Little, because our little saying is mow high and let it lie. So, you know, mow your lawn to three to four inches yeah. and mm-hmm. leave it on your lawn. That's called free fertilizer. Exactly. <laughs> Same thing with leaves in the fall. A lot of people rake up the leaves, and every time I see them raking leaves, I'm like, you're throwing away fertilizer. you, <laughs> you got to rake up some of them, though, right? Some of them if you have an abundance of trees and an abundance of leaves, and you know, but you can really leave the majority of leaves on your grass if it's you know not a huge layer or anything, especially if you chop it up with a mulching mower, you're feeding your soil. Mm-hmm. That's the organic matter you want back into your soil. Also, how much money do we spend every year on like bark mulch and on, yeah. mar- on mulch to mulch our flower beds? Mm-hmm. Fall gives us lots of them. Yeah. It gives us lots of mulch and it's free. So Exactly. I so, actually my husband is very bad about this. Um, <laughs> it's a cobbler's children have no shoe situation, I guess. So I'm like sitting in my kitchen and I look out the window and my husband is blowing all of the leaves out of my flower beds. Oh. And like I'm that crazy person running along, like, what are you doing? Pull them into there. How does I, he not know by every now? Every year Natalie. he pretends like he's never heard this information yeah. before. So I don't know. Did you want to ask your salt question? <laughs> some of the interviews, I ask really obvious questions. Um, okay. So I was Just joking that I was going to say, so what is salt? Sodium chloride, NaCl. Natalie, yes. do some chemistry for us. <laughs> yeah, so sodium chloride, same stuff that we put on our food. Mm-hmm. But yeah. basic road salt is the same as table yeah. salt? Yeah, same as table salt. So obviously you wouldn't take your table salt and put it out there. It's different granules and everything. Yeah, it's more so. granule size. But yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's the same stuff same that's stuff. excavated out of you know the Cargill salt mines here under Lake Erie. Or, or the Morton salt Morton mines salt. out in Fairport Harbor. Mm-hmm. Donna, I don't want to forget the game. That you oh, the game, yes. Plan. Do you want to do, do that? Do we now? want to do it right now? We can do it right now. Yeah, let's. let's I need do you it. to do a quick little theme song. <laughs> okay, the game is called "What is that unit of measurement?" Donna. Oh no. Um, <laughs> she's just gonna win already. I don't know. I don't know. This one goes out to all of our horse lovers. Uh, mm-hmm. What is the measurement of a hand? How many inches? Um, when you're measuring a hand. I'd but, say you know. five inches. Okay. Seven. Seven is what I was going to say. Oh, okay. I, the answer is exactly four inches. <gasps> four inches? Four inches. Four they were using so. baby hands. Maybe. People were yeah. smaller back Four and a half inches? <laughs> like, <laughs> four and a half right? inches, though. All right. One more, and then we got to get back to One solid. more. Okay. Yes, and then it's got to get serious. How far is a league? Oh, gosh. Um, in miles? Uh-huh. Uh... 30. Okay, great. Oh. No. 
30, a I, league? I just guessed. Miles? I don't know. One dollar. Le- league is a mile. <laughs> the answer is three. Three three miles per league. I was wrong. Wait, is that right? A nautical league is three point four five two miles. Okay. Okay. So, so I was off at thirty and a little like bit. Sixty thousand miles. Isn't that the book? Twenty thousand leagues yeah. under the sea. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that would be very sixty thousand miles. <laughs> It's very far. It's very far under the sea. Yes. <laughs> Which I think is deeper than, than Earth. Than yeah. Earth. Right. Yeah, so thank you for participating in our new segment called <laughs> – sure. Mike doesn't know anything. <laughs> How would you get into the rock salt game? <laughs> well, That's you know, a funny thing happened to me on the way to the salt mine. <laughs> I mean, salt is, right. it's a its a non-point source pollutant or a stormwater pollutant. It's bad. So, it, well, I mean, we need it. We need it for mm-hmm. safety. Um, we need it to keep ourselves safe, safe on the roads, but we don't need it at the excess that we're doing it, that we're salting right now. We did a little bit of, what do we call it? Back of the... Back of the envelope mass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we figured out that it's around, what we're salting now at the rate we're salting in the state of Ohio is about 10 times the amount that we actually need. So it's just an excessive amount of salt. I mean, it's melting stuff, but it's running off into our waterways. It is, you know, corroding pipes. It's corroding infrastructure. It's getting into our drinking water because it's really hard to remove out of drinking water. It's really, really harmful. And why is it bad for all those things that you mentioned? So there's a lot of reasons why. So um, Amy did mention, like, our streams and rivers and lakes. Mm -hmm. And so those are our surface waters. And they Mm -hmm. are getting saltier. There is data that's shown that they have been getting saltier. Yes. Um, but also really scary um, for people who maybe don't live in cities. Um, a lot of people get their water from the ground. They get their water yeah. from from wells. Um, and we're finding kind of across the Midwest that uh, groundwater is getting saltier. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some places, um, particularly in like the northern Great Lakes region, um, where people's wells are pretty much unsafe to drink out of because Mm -hmm. especially for like hypertensive issues like too much salt in the water it's dangerous we already have enough salt in our diet anyway we don't need to add to it yeah and people who really struggle with that really hard to remove from drinking water um i mean it's hard when you're on a big scale like at a municipal scale but an individual who's pulling from a well that's that's more than they could be able to handle typically um salt's been used on the roads pretty much widespread since like the 1940s Mm -hmm. Um, I believe the first, let's see, now the winter of 41-42 was the first winter that they kind of started to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that year, 5,000 uh, pounds of road salt were used nationwide. So really not that much. So not that much. So in the 1970s, there was about 10 million tons used. This is within the state. Wait, was this the state of Ohio or was this? No, I'm sorry. This was in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So about 10 million tons in the U.S. in the 1970s. Right now we have about 22 million tons in the U.S. yearly. 3.5 million tons okay. are used in Ohio uh, every year. That's a lot. Too much salt. And a lot of it is based on public demand for it. Mm-hmm. You know, people say, well, the more salt there is, the better it is. Mm-hmm. You know, around hospitals, you see a lot of it mm-hmm. because you don't want people falling. Of course, they're already vulnerable enough. They're going into sure. a hospital. And there's just a ridiculous amount of salt on the sidewalks, which can actually be more harmful because it doesn't really, it doesn't provide like that it, traction. It could be like a, a trip hazard almost. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, you can slip on that, that and fall. Way. We just don't need it at the rate that we're putting it on. So that... Groundwater that people are using, is it 
bad for them then? It's higher sodium. Yeah, it can be. If if there if too much salt gets into the groundwater, we can't remove salt from the groundwater. It doesn't take very much salt to permanently pollute water. I'll let so Amy give you the stat. Yeah. One teaspoon of water is enough to harm ten gallons of water. Yeah, to permanently one teaspoon of salt. Yeah, yeah. one teaspoon of one salt. One little teeny tiny teaspoon. Yeah, permanently wow. pollutes. So how does that impact like the creatures living in the water? So salt kind of causes cascading effects across um, aquatic ecosystems. We like to relate this particularly to, like, let's say you're a perch or a walleye fisherman. Um, We are finding that perch and walleye are smaller. Um, If they are exposed to certain amounts of salt, they're smaller. If um, they do not grow as quickly, Mm -hmm. they don't thrive. Um, And they are figuring the reason for that is because salt tends to kill the zooplankton or the teeny tiny little um, single or very small multicellular critters that these little baby fish, that's what that's that's what they eat. And so it's actually reducing the numbers of the zooplankton. That then also causes an increase in the amount of phytoplankton because there isn't as much competition. Um, and then that can cause more nutrients and less oxygen in the water, which also can affect that aquatic life. And so it's really a cascade up the food chain because then if we don't have the little fish, then we don't have the big fish. <laughs> so um, And then we have a lot of very sad fishermen, um, but it also negatively impacts just overall the ecosystem. It's really toxic to things like trees and shrubs. Yeah. Um, I mean, in general, plants in this area, in non-salty environments, they don't have mechanisms to rid excess salt from themselves. Mm-hmm. Like our bodies do. Our bodies like have our kidneys bodies, to just get rid of it. We have mechanisms, know? but like, you know, if you went to the movies and got the jumbo popcorn and the next morning your fingers are like sausages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The same thing happens with plants, but their cell walls just burst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they die. Lake Erie and Cuyahoga River, have they been measuring salinity? Yeah. And is it, can you, do you have some statistics yeah, for that? I like? do. It's pretty bad. So the same study that I was talking about before uh, analyzed a long-term um, chloride data across 10 different watersheds, Lake Erie, Ohio River, Grand Lake, Grand Lake St. Mary's found that the Cuyahoga River, which is the has the greatest percent of urban land use of those the watersheds they studied, has the highest watershed yield and mean concentration of chloride. And it's not just in it's definitely in the winter and the spring, the early spring when we have a lot of snow, but it's also in the summer and the fall because you have that settles into our groundwater and then our lake streams and everything are fed by groundwater. So it's still slowly coming out there as well. And then we just pile it on again in the winter and make it worse. So so you have a campaign to encourage people to use less salt. Yeah. And, we're, you know, we're realistic at Soil and Water and I think in all of our education things. Mm-hmm. It's not to tell people what to do. Um, so we, you know, kind of tell them the information about what's going on in a way that we hopefully are relating to them or to an issue that they care about. And then we give them something small that they can do to help out with that problem. Because collectively, it makes an impact. Just the same way that stormwater pollution collectively has that negative impact when you have all these different things happening to our environment and to our waterways, um, if we can not do those kind of things, then we can, you know, reverse that or at least get it to a neutral point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Do you offer education to the municipalities in the area? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, in Cuyahoga County, we work with 53 different municipalities within the county. And so we have a whole program that goes out within each community. And the sewer district is a big partner. And we're very thankful for it. Um, we do stream cleanups. We do storm drain stenciling so people can see that message on a storm drain to not dump anything down there. And I think Soil and Water sent out an email to us about the H2Ohio. Yeah. So Governor DeWine and the Ohio EPA um, have a program under H2. It's called H2Ohio uh, Chloride Reduction Grant Program. Each one can apply for up to $75,000 to prevent groundwater contamination. Um, they have about a million dollars to give out. So again, each community can apply up to about 75000 this past fall in September, we put on three salt, um, like sensible salting mm-hmm. workshops mm-hmm. for municipalities. Like we had folks from ODOT there. We had folks from townships and villages and bigger cities. Yep. You know, they're getting stuff all the time when it snows. My street isn't plowed, you know. You salt too much, you drive. salt too little. Right. Um, but it was just, it was really interesting to hear from their perspective the, like the, um, the barriers that they have. You know, mm-hmm. the first person who gets there in the morning is the person who gets the good truck, you know, <laughs> and it's true, but right. you don't think of those kind of mm-hmm. things when you're just a citizen and you want your street plowed or you want your, you want some salt down. You want to be yeah. safe. Um, the, you know, they're like, we're not purposely doing this to you. We have a method in how we do this. Um, These municipalities, they actually have to keep track of how much salt they use. Mm-hmm. They have to track all that and it is all reported. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, like if they are using way, way, way too much, it's, it's going to show a little bit. It, and they yeah. also don't want to use way too much because salt's expensive, mm-hmm. too. It is. And yeah. that was the other thing of how much – I didn't realize how much, like, what – kind of it's kind of a mess, like, how much they have to estimate to buy each mm-hmm. year. Then they have to pay to store it each year. I think they've got a lot of things going on on their side. And I think if we really looked at it from their perspective mm-hmm. on both sides, actually, and said, well, how can we work together – then I think we can really reduce the amount that we have because we're not getting that public pressure to salt more and we're not having them just going, okay, fine, we'll just do it. We're just going to salt the heck out of the roads, yeah. which we actually heard that. There's some people yeah. who were like, fine, we'll salt the heck out of the roads. You I know? was I was speaking with um, one of the service directors of a community in mm-hmm. Cuyahoga County and they have a, a salting, um, a sensible salting like ordinance that yes, they use. which we have right here. Yeah, and they, they – they follow it, but they are next to a community that salts really heavily. Yeah. And so they get complaints from their residents. Yeah. Why don't our roads have as much salt as the neighboring community yeah. has? They think more salt equals safer, right. and it just isn't right. true. Is <laughs> there know? any evidence of disinformation campaigns on the part of Big Salt to sell more salt? <laughs> Um, I mean, they're in it for a profit. I can't speak for them, obviously, because I don't work for Who any knows? of the companies. There might be, but they haven't trickled to us. Yeah. It's pretty covert. I think we're not so, the audience that would get the, you know, misinformation. Right, right. And if you look at your home, you're not going to solve every single surface. You know, in the summer, in the spring, fall, you're walking around everywhere around your house, every every pavement surface. You don't need to salt all those areas. You really want to go from your home to your car and back. That's, you know, or maybe you're walking yeah. your pet or something, which we'll get into pet stuff in a minute. But it's the same thing with roads. You don't need to salt every single road. You don't need to salt every single – it's the areas that are the road. high or danger, you know, like the curves, the curves and mm-hmm. things like that. Here's a sensible salting resolution, I believe, from South Euclid of the different things, the times that they salt can make a difference. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned pets. Like people say, well, what is a pet safe salt? Here's the thing. You don't just walk your pet on your surface. Yeah. Totally. You can control what you do at your home. You're, yeah. Hopefully your dog, you're walking it more than just your sidewalk squares in front of your house. Um, so 
the best thing you can, you can't control what everybody else does. So when you get home, wash your pet's paws, even their underside and everything. And that goes for animals that don't go out. It just, it can really affect their bodies as well. So we want to protect our little fuzzy creatures too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And there was an interesting thing that, uh, that I don't know if you overheard this at the salt workshop, but there were a couple communities. They were almost forming like this little salt union (laughs) where then they could, as a collective, um, you know, bargain with these salt companies for a certain salt price, mm-hmm. you know, base. And then they could share resources instead of everybody having mm-hmm. a huge giant salt dome, mm-hmm. they can share it with each other or like, oh my gosh, this, this community ran out of it. This community has an, an abundance of it because of whatever salting practices they did. Um, then they can share it with each other. I think that there's just way to sh- a way to share resources and to negotiate prices. Yeah. Um, because again, they've got, they've got trials on their side as well. Yeah, I think so. some of the communities do share, like they do go in together to purchase. Yeah, because I, I remember there were there was a few years ago when the salt was in regular demand, but the mine wasn't <clears throat> producing the same okay. way, and it was a big deal. People were yeah. communities were really concerned about how they were going to get their salt so yeah. that they could salt their streets. It was yeah. interesting. Um, so and, going back to that grant, one of the other ways that they can. Um, get funding for salt domes or, or anything related to that is through the community cost share program, which okay. is 25% of the stormwater fee that's paid towards the sewer district um, for our regional stormwater management program goes back into a pot for the community to use. And they can use that money on any MS4 related right. or like mm-hmm. their stormwater um, permit related. Uh, you got to say what things. MS4 is because so, people are going to oh, listen to it. They're not going to know. No. Municipal separate storm sewer system. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But on an individual level, you know, we have our pledge, use the right salt, which is stuff, amount, location, and time. Mm. Um, and a lot of it boils down to just shovel more and salt less because people would just throw salt outside and be like, well, it's just going to melt. Well, it's not going to melt the, you know, seven inches of snow that are there. Right. You want to either put it on before or you want to shovel and then put it down. You want to put the right amount. So the pledge that we have is the right salt. So um, road salt or sodium chloride only works at 15 degrees or above. Um, The amount is, of course, we talked about the coffee cup. Is this, you know, the coffee cup full of salt is enough for 10 sidewalk squares. Location, we already mentioned that, and that's talking only the areas that you actually need to walk. And then the time, it works before the snow falls or right after the snow is removed. Um, and then you don't want to do it when you have rain in the forecast. Like mm. the other day when it was really cold yeah. and snowy and then we, you look at the forecast and you have rain coming, try not to salt because all that rain that fell the past couple of days, all that salt is just in the waterways. Mm. And there are non-salt options too. You yeah, don't like have, sand. And- you can use something that provides traction because maybe yeah. what you need is traction. Mm-hmm. And so um, – I just learned about this. This is apparently really commonly used in the upper Midwest. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's it's called Cherry Stone Grit. You can go buy it at your local hardware store. Mm -hmm. And it's like a big, like gravel mm-hmm. and but it's small enough that it's not a trip hazard, but it works really well for providing traction. Yeah. Um, and if it's still there in the spring, you can just sweep it up and use it next year or sweep it into your lawn. Which you can do that with should do that with salt too. These yeah. oversalted areas really should be swept up, whether it's individual or not on the roads. You're not gonna go sweep the road. But you know, if your sidewalk, if you've oversalted, sweep it up, put it back in your bucket, you can still use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amy and Natalie, thank you so much for thank you. Thank you for having giving us. us all this good information about road salt and how to use less of it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks, thanks. for coming out. 
know? Eligible customers can save up to 40% on their sewer charges? Learn more about the Sewer District's cost-saving programs and use our discount calculator at neorsd.org slash save or call 216-881-8247. That's neorsd.org slash save or 216-881-8247. Waterworks is produced by the Communications and Community Relations Department at the Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District. Our music was composed and performed by G.S. Shrey. If you have a question or suggestion, or if you'd like to learn more about the Regional Sewer District, visit neorsd.org or call 216-881-8247.